Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. God, we come to you just as we are, broken, tired, hopeful, fearful, anxious, and just as complicated people. We come, Lord, to hear a word of good news. We come, Lord, to see your face in friends and in strangers. And we come to be reminded that of all the things that we are, we are ultimately made in your image, God, and we are loved unconditionally. 
And for that, God, we give you thanks. Amen. different here at downtown church and that's a great thing but one thing we all have in common is that we all sin we all fall short of the goodness that God has called us to we all mess up so knowing that being honest with ourselves but also confident in a God who loves us in our failures let us pray the prayer of admission found in your program let us pray God You gave us words to connect with each other. Forgive us when we've used our words for harm. Forgive us when we have remained silent, when you've called us to speak up. Hear us as we confess silently.
Friends, hear the good news. We are forgiven. We are loved by a God who loves us no matter what we do. But we are also challenged to go out and love one another. Christ teaches us that words can cause harm, but they can also heal. So let us go out into the world and be set free to try again. Hallelujah. Amen. Lent is just around the corner. If you haven't heard that word before, Lent, it refers to the 40 days leading up to when we celebrate Christ's death and resurrection with Easter. And it begins um, on March 2nd with a service called Ash Wednesday here. Uh, during the season of Lent, um, it's a time that we intentionally go deeper in our faith. And so there's all sorts of things that we're offering, workshops and a devotional and special services. Um, so if you go on our website, you click in the menu, Lent and Spring, there's all of the things that are happening, every age group for the season of Lent. I invite you to take a look and uh, sign up for what you want. Today we pick up reading scripture right where we left off last week in the letter to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to begin reading with verse 1. Paul writes, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the, gospel, the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The title of today's sermon is Carrying the Gospel. Carrying the Gospel. My colleague Lucas pointed out to me a hypocrisy of Paul in the sermon I preached last week, and he is correct. I appreciate it. Paul, he points to Jesus as the authority, the ethical guide to answer all of the questions in that early church in Corinth. Paul directs people to Jesus, and then he goes on to address every single matter. It's hypocritical. He says one thing, and then he does another. So too today, Paul, he says he decides to know nothing. He says that he's not going to use lofty words or wisdom. And then, turn the page, y'all. Paul uses lofty words. Paul uses intelligent arguments to try to convince us that Jesus is our Savior. Hypocritical. He uses words that are sometimes confusing, sometimes seemingly contradictory. And so when I read the scripture today, I can't help but ask myself, what does he mean? I decided to know nothing except Jesus and him crucified. A friend sent me a, an Oscar-winning short film this week. It's entitled, Sorry. And it's a foreign film. It's in a language that I don't speak, I don't understand, and yet I could follow along in the storyline by just watching the characters. Picture a young boy, elementary aged, 
who walks up to a classroom and he's late, the door is closed, and he knocks. And he waits. And you hear an adult say something, again in a foreign language, and he opens the door and he walks up to the teacher who's holding a ruler. And the teacher motions for the boy to put out his hand. So he does. And the teacher moves the hand so that everybody can see it and pops him with the ruler and then motions for the boy to sit down. The next day, same thing happens. The boy arrives late outside the door. He knocks. He waits. He hears the voice. He enters. He goes up to the teacher. Pop sits down. Third day, you guessed it, same thing. Boy shows up, approaches the teacher, and I notice that the teacher's frustration is growing. The smack is just a little bit harder. Fourth day, the teacher is riding up to school and sees the boy pushing a wheelchair. He watches the boy for a little while, looks at his watch, and it clicks. This boy has been wheeling somebody, a sibling, a friend, to his class every morning, and there is not enough time for that boy to drop off whoever it is and make it to his classroom on time. And y'all, you see the guilt rush over this teacher's face. So same scenario, right? Boy walks up, knocks, enters. Teacher has the ruler in his hand, but instead of hitting the boy, the teacher puts the ruler in the boy's hand and then extends his own. And then he bends down on his knees and he begs for forgiveness. I still don't know any of the words in that short film. I can't even tell you what language it was in. And yet, I recognize Jesus. Don't you? I recognize Jesus in the boy sacrificing his time for somebody else. I recognize Jesus in the bent knee begging for forgiveness. I recognize Jesus in the granting of forgiveness. The gospel of Jesus and him crucified is carried in this short film, even without words, because people carry the message. Paul says that he comes in weakness, with fear, with trembling. And I don't know about you, but this posture is way more appealing to me than the evangelist with the Bible in hand who is just confident to use some lofty words to convince you that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. I get skeptical. I get skeptical of people who think they've got the mystery of God all worked out. God never fit inside our carefully construed boxes. So what if, what if rather than approaching the mystery of God with platforms and with platitudes, we show up like the teacher and the boy in this short film with our presence, 
What if we were to embody awareness and confession and forgiveness? What if we were to become so vulnerable and so honest about where we need to be saved by Jesus that then we recognize it in someone else seeking the very same? Last weekend, when we opened the book of 1 Corinthians, we learned that words matter. Yes. Words are how we communicate. Words are a way we connect. And yet, words can fail us. Think about a time that uh, you've been disappointed with something. Like you, you were expecting God to give you something that you wanted or you needed, and, and it's just not coming. Like life is not what you expected it to be. When that happens, there's like grief rolling around in us, sometimes some anger, and then some well-meaning Christian comes up to you and says, honey, don't you worry. God's got a plan. Has that ever happened to any of you? Well-intentioned words, right? Scripturally accurate words, right? And they hurt. Maybe it's the posture of how those words come to you that hurts. I don't know about you, but when I'm in that space of disappointment or loss, what I really want is someone to come in a posture of weakness and trembling and fear of God. I really want somebody to come sit with me in silence for their presence to be the hands and feet and elbows and knuckles of Jesus. I'd rather that than someone using their lofty words to tell me about it. As followers of Jesus, y'all, it is often our presence that communicates volumes. Showing up and just saying like simple words like, I'm sorry, or this sucks. And allowing our presence to point beyond our broken selves, our broken words to our Savior and Him crucified. Y'all, the good news of Jesus crucified is that He came into our suffering. He experienced betrayal, disappointment, physical harm, emotional harm, spiritual harm. He was killed for you and for me. And we named the day of his death what? Good Friday. Seems odd, right? Like a swimming pool and a watermelon on the front of your program. Like it, it just seems like it doesn't fit. And yet those symbols carry meaning. It is good, Jesus' death. It is good because it paved the way for us to be free from our sins. It is good because Jesus didn't stay dead. It is good because it shows us the lengths to which Jesus will go, to which Jesus will suffer so that he knows every single suffering that we will ever feel. He experiences those with us and then he lifts us from them. And he couldn't just tell us about it. He embodied it for us. It's incredible to me that the good news has made it to us. Have y'all thought about that? Through centuries, 
through human writers and contradictory words, through storytellers and people with big egos and councils who decided what books made it into the Bible and what didn't, it still made it to us the good news of Jesus and him crucified. The good news, it came through words, yes, but it was carried through people, through you, through me through our grandfathers and our grandmothers who bought those Bibles and put them on our shelves, and our parents who who picked them off and dusted them off and began to read them. Y'all, children learn by watching. And you know what? Adults do too. That's how the good news came to us. That's how the good news will move from us. Y'all, that's how the good news gets spread. Words can't do it alone. Words carry gospel. Yes, we carry words. May we know Jesus and him crucified. Amen. Fighting against one another They got dreams and schemes And build war machines Trying to outdo each other We got children that are starving But that don't bother them They're much too busy Getting rich to worry about All our little children Say Take it.
We get to ordain one of our elders today who unfortunately had COVID when we were ordaining the others. So I told her she gets her own special ordination and installation today. So I'm gonna invite forward our clerk of session, Wes Hickman and Natasha Now. We are called to the church of Jesus Christ through baptism, marked as Christ's own by the Holy Spirit. This is our common calling, to be disciples and servants of our servant Lord within the community of the church. Some are called to particular service like ruling elders and teaching elders. Ordination is Christ's gift to the church, assuring that ministry continues among us, providing for ministries, caring and compassion for the whole world, ordering the governance of the church and preaching the word and administering the sacraments. Representing the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, the session of downtown church now ordains Natasha Drozdek to the office of elder and installs her to active service. Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God, we give you thanks. In countless ways, you have revealed yourself in ages past and have blessed us with signs of your grace. We praise you that in baptism, you give us your Holy Spirit, who teaches us and leads us into all truth filling us with a variety of gifts that we might proclaim the gospel to all nations and serve you as a royal priesthood. By your Holy Spirit, renew us, that we may be empowered to do your will and continue forever in the risen life of Christ, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all glory and honor, now and forever. Amen. So now we have some questions to you, Natasha. Do you trust in Jesus Christ, your Savior, acknowledging him Lord of all and head of the church, and through him believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Do you? Do you accept the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be, by the Holy Spirit, the unique and authoritative witness to Jesus Christ in the church universal and God's word to you? Do you? Natasha, will you be governed by our church's polity? And will you abide by its discipline? Will you be a friend among your colleagues in ministry working with them, subject to the ordering of God's word and spirit? Will you? And will you in your own life seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, love your neighbors, and work for the reconciliation of the world? Will you? Will you seek to serve the people with energy, with intelligence, with imagination, and love? Will you? Will you be a faithful elder, watching over the people, providing for their worship, nurture, and service? Will you share in government and discipline, serving and governing bodies of the church? And in your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ? Will you? And now questions for the congregation. Do we, the members of the church, accept Natasha as an elder chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ, do we? Do. Do we agree to encourage her, to respect her decisions, and to follow as she guides us, serving Jesus Christ, who alone is the head of the church? Do we? Do. I now invite uh, any elder, if you've been ordained and installed in another church, I invite you to come forward to lay a hand on Natasha as we ordain her with this prayer. Y'all sure are walking slow. I like it. Just <laughs> strut a little bit. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let us pray. 
God of grace, pour out your Holy Spirit on Natasha, that she may be your faithful elder in the church. Give her prudence and sound judgment, wisdom and courage to order the life of the church in obedience to your word. Nourish her in the life of the Holy Spirit, that she may exercise the ministry of discipline with humility and compassion. Guide her in governance on this session and in every court of the church, that she may be a servant leader following Christ, who came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life to set others free. Give her joy in her walk of faith and a sure sense of your abiding presence in her work of ministry. Amen. Natasha, you are now an elder in the Church of Jesus Christ, and you are now installed as an elder at this church, Downtown Church. Be faithful and true in your ministry so that your whole life will bear witness to the risen Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. I invite you now to stand and sing.
words carry gospel, we carry the words, may we know Jesus and him crucified. And as we go from this time of worship, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.